Welcome to the Nate Josh Juan Podcast. My name is Isaac Kamins. This is a bi-weekly podcast where my friend Jess O'Brien and I discuss internal martial arts, qigong, and meditation. In this episode, we're going to continue our discussion of the Wu style of Tai Chi Chuan and uh, keep looking at the 1987 Tai Chi Chuan magazine article uh, with Bruce Francis. Uh, in this one, we get into a little bit more about the healing aspects of the Wu style of Tai Chi which then leads into a little bit more of a discussion about uh, Leo Hung Jae's Tai Chi. In the extended episode on the Patreon, uh, we go into a longer discussion about uh, martial arts, and I talk a little bit about mixed martial arts versus traditional martial arts. Then we return to Baiwa's book and continue with the Tai Chi classics. We are nearing the end of the Tai Chi Chuan Lun, where Baiwa does a summary of the core concepts that has been covered so far. And in our latest Patreon episode, we continue our discussion of the Taoist uh, meditation from Qi Magazine. And we begin talking about uh, dissolving emotions and higher levels of energy. We also talk a bit about the internal organs and the glands and the role they play when you're doing meditation and how they play into the emotional stuff uh so hope you enjoy that uh check out the facebook and the instagram for images to go along with the episodes uh thanks again for listening uh take care of yourselves and be well in today's episode we're going to keep looking at the uh, wu style tai chi from this october 1987 tai chi magazine article by kumar francis so the next thing he talks about is the uh, internal energy and healing aspect of Wu-style Tai Chi. He says, many Tai Chi Chuan people in the West equate relaxation with soft energy. In classic Tai Chi Chuan terms, this is only partially accurate. Relaxation, or the releasing of all accumulated tension in the nerves, muscles, and joints, is the essential foundation for both soft and hard energy. Without relaxation, neither can be produced. However, relaxation is just one of several components of these energies. Soft and hard energies are specific qualities of internal energy that are produced through different methods. In order to develop martial skill in Tai Chi Chuan, one must completely develop and combine the two energies. This combination is known in Chinese as Gong Ro Xiang Ji. The Wu style is based on the principle of Ro Chu Gong, first producing soft energy and from that producing hard energy. The Yang and Chen styles mostly work in the opposite direction, producing soft from hard, or Gong Chu Ro. So I thought that was pretty interesting, this idea that uh, we've been talking about along the way, this idea that Wu, Wu Chuan Yu, the founder of the Wu style of Tai Chi, he learned from his master, Yang Lu Chan, both the hard and soft energetic techniques, and his specialty was you know, combining them together to really keep his opponent um confused and so his style of tai chi produces the hard from first beginning with mastering the soft side of which relaxation is just the beginning that's an interesting way to go usually you spend some years in more hard style just to get some fighting and you know strength under your belt then as you get older you focus more on trying to find that soft power well that's i mean that's essentially what it is it's just doing it in the same martial art right so like if you're young you're going to develop you know you start by developing the yang hard power right you get big stances hard energy you learn the techniques as a martial art you learn how to 
doing it for your health and you can still do the martial arts as long as you're healthy and you know that's kind of nice and then you know when you get older it's like well you know yeah if you get pressured you might still do the martial arts but mostly you're just concerned with like pro you know uh prolonging your life right. and increasing Survival. the quality of it right like making those last years comfortable as opposed mm -hmm. to shitty right? you know right. so i think that's where something like tai chi it advantages that it can be all of those things you don't have to learn one thing in your you know in your youth and then another thing in your 30s and then another thing in your 50s it's like you all you can just do the same thing in a different slightly different way and that's a really you know time big time saver as far as it all goes definitely you know he makes a distinction here Wu style starts with soft energy to create hard it's it's just they're both tai chi energies so what would you say is a characteristic when you're learning tai chi, learning this Wu style? What would be one of those elements that say, I'm going to develop soft power first before the, the harder, stronger ones of Yang style, maybe? The, the eight basic techniques, right? Or even just the four primary ones. You're going to focus more on the two yin ones and less on the two mm. yang ones. Right. And then when we'll you roll get, back and then when press. you get it right. And then when you get into the other four, again, you're going to focus on the more yin combinations and less yang combination. I mean, you'll still do the yang ones, but but it's like you'd be doing like a 70 30 towards the yin side. Right. Where if you're trying to develop yang power, it's going to be the other way. It's going to be Pong more and G are going to be high on your list so he says both of these principles come from the concept of Jing, the book of changes that when yang reaches fullness it produces yin and when yin reaches fullness it naturally produces yang since the wu style in the beginning totally emphasizes the development of soft energy it is particularly useful as a health and healing system my wu style teacher the late leo hung jay studied and lived with wu jian chuan and his two sons in the 1930s Leo has practiced martial arts from the time he was 12 until his death last year when he was in his 80s. He continually emphasized that soft energy was the most effective internal energy for longevity, healing illness and injuries, and making a weak constitution strong. It is soft energy that is the most useful for those who lead sedentary lives and do mental work rather than physical. For example, soft energy releases stress, allows insomniacs to regain normal sleep, and enables old or sick people to hold down their food. So that was a little interesting look at uh, Leo Hung Jae apparently was pretty obsessed with this soft energy. Um, well, that that calligraphy that hangs in mm. Bruce's uh, training area says a bunch of stuff at the beginning. But the last line of it is basically that yin jing is the way right? yin mm. energy is the Tao. Uh, and that was kind of his whole philosophy. I mean, and it's, it's and that was Lao, Tzu, Lao Tzu's way of finding right. the Tao. There could be other ways, but he had his watercourse way of being yeah. super in and that and through that way, the valley way, you find your way down to the the Tao. So I mean, I, I think that it's a progression most of the time. I mean, very few people in their twenties are capable of being soft, even when they're relaxed. You know, it's like the, their minds are just fucking. You know, like it. It, it takes a right. long time to develop that. And he mentions white collar people who are in their heads and clenched up and tightened mentally. That soft energy might help break that up a little bit. Well, I mean, just as a 
overall thing. I mean, soft energy heals the body. Yang energy strengthens the body, mm. right? So um, most people, their issue isn't lack of strength. Their issue mm. is that something is off, right? Something is not functioning properly, right? So injury. The, the, the yin approach is make sure everything is functioning properly first, then build up the power, right? The yang approach is build up the power, hoping that there's nothing wrong, you know, that you didn't know about. And then through that ability, you know, through the power that you've built up, your body becomes healthy and strong, right? But if there's some little thing in there that's off, and you don't know about it and you start making yourself really strong really strong really strong uh that can that can that little you know that that little thing that wouldn't have been a problem at your original power level grows and grows along with everything else and it becomes a problem right so it's like um you don't want the little monster inside to grow along with everything else so you get rid of the little monsters and then you grow everything and it it that way they don't turn into big monsters later on. Makes sense to me. Yeah. It's just a safety precaution more than anything else. Well, he says here, one thing we've looked at the life of Liu Hongjie and says that he studied and lived with Wu Jianquan and his two sons in the 1930s. But uh, we've been, it was, you know, it was, we've been juggling the dates, trying to kind of figure out exactly where he was, or at least get a sense of where he was at what time period during the early uh, 20th century. Well, he met the sons in the early, or you know, 32 to 34 when he was okay. teaching at the Guoshugan, and then lived with Wu Jianchuan in Hong Kong in I think 38 or so. Is that where we're putting it somewhere on there? So uh, that, yeah, towards well, the was, end of the 30s, beginning of World War II, basically. Um, so a lot of people are going to Hong Kong and Southern China. Well, and, and Wu Jianchuan dies in 41. So it's got to be somewhere. Between, okay. Somewhere between when he met the sons and when Wu Jianchuan died. So it's not a big span right. of time. Um, but he was only with Wu Jianchuan for six months or something like that. This was not an extended, uh, you know, year multi-year thing it was just no, you know, it's like it was an intensive training period he got there you know he was an extremely talented guy who taught him the form they discussed you know meditation and nagong ad nauseum and then we said yeah uh well and then leo helped him with some stuff uh and then he left, you know, and, and it's not too long after that. We estimate around 39 or 40 is when he goes to his mountain retreat for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. So his encounter with uh Wu Jian must have been somewhere pretty shortly before that. And then he doesn't come back till 1949. Yeah. So next statement says here, so after the discussion of soft power, uh, the article continues. Before studying Taiji Chen, Liu Hongjie was a Xing Yan Bagua master, which fully developed his hard internal energy. Hard energy will make you very strong, he would say to me. But if you are sick or injured, the practice of hard energy techniques will make your sickness or injury worse, although it may take 20 or 30 years before the effect becomes fully apparent. Often the long-term benefits or problems resulting from a particular form of practice are not what they seem to be in the beginning. 
well, that's key. I mean, that's where, um, you know, these these practices that seem quote unquote weak in the beginning, mm. soft things where you're, you know, this investing in loss thing doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel, you know, like you're winning, <laughs> you know, but um, after you do it for a while, you start to, you know, reap the benefits of it. I think the, the basic Tai Chi philosophy is that um, you have a limit to your yang potential. You don't have a limit to your yin potential. So it's because yin by its very nature can just continue, will just recycle itself. Yang will pull itself apart, right? So this is that large space, small space that Bios talked about way back mm. in the beginning, right? That yang things have the tendency to rip apart and expand. Yin things have the tendency to come together and grow, right? So there are times when it is definitely necessary to add more juice to your system. I mean, that that's a for fact, but, but you have to temper it with that, uh, you know, that yin stuff or it can bite you in the ass. So he says, I believe that the Wu style's emphasis on developing soft energy, both mentally and physically is the reason why Wu Jianquan gained a tremendous reputation as a healer. In his teaching of the Wu style, Liu focused on soft energy with its strong ability to relax the mind and heal the body. I think that was interesting because I, I hadn't heard of Wu Jianquan having any reputation as a healer, but I haven't really, you know, I can't read the Chinese sources, so I haven't hardly seen much about Wu Jianquan. But I guess uh, maybe in Hong Kong and southern China, he does have that reputation. Um, and it has, you know, and it's definitely Tai Chi hallmark to relax the mind and um, maybe Wu style does have a special healing benefits due to Wu Jianquan's influence. I mean, I think again, I mean, I think Wu Jianquan made some significant improvements, just my opinion on the form. Um, and I think Liu Hongjie made some significant improvements on the form. I mean, and it's a lot, I mean, believe me to say that because you don't just do it on a whim right same with chen man ching right like you don't practice tai chi for two or five or ten years and decide okay i'm gonna change it unless you really know what the fuck you're doing and you know leo hung jay i think a lot of his conversations with wu jen Huang were about how do you take essentially taoist Gong, taoist meditation and apply that to 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 tai chi and you know that's that's wild stuff but that's kind of where you know i think that's where wu jinchuan and leo and jay had common interests and so leo took that knowledge that he had from you know 40 years of bagua practice and his Gong practice and his taoist practice and all that and he just put it all into this wu style because that was kind of his like um gift to bruce was okay here's you know here's as much as i can put into one thing put into one seems thing. like it yeah you know? he just his whole life's corpus of knowledge he just like pretty much just wove into his long form of tai chi and made that this just a comprehensive course in all of his stuff yeah i mean it's, I it's a big it, undertaking well and it's it's 
you know, again, it's the benefit of getting someone at the end of their life, much, mm. the, way, much the way Leo did with Wu Chuan or with Ma mm. Gui. Mm. You don't get everything, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, people always make a, a big deal about, well, I studied with him for 50 years and I got everything he knew. That's one way to do it. Another way to do it is to come in there super fucking on the ball <laughs> right. and have the old man just, you know, download the whole thing and you just boom and you get it you know and right. it, it takes an exceptionally rare talent to do that and i right. think that's you know right time and place you've you've developed this all your life and then you meet someone who's a mentor to you yeah. in a short time can help you get a boost i mean wong sung zai was another one mm. you know didn't train with with goyan shen for very long mm. but he took that knowledge and he synthesized it into something different right. that ended up being as good as the original thing right, right? you know again i mean I think a lot of people try to do this over the years, but most of them, it doesn't stick. You know, a modern example would be Champagne Ling, right? Hmm. I mean, he, he tried to do that with his form. Right. You know, to, yeah, to yeah, a totally. certain degree of success, you know? And, yeah. and so like, I don't know. I think that's just one approach to doing it is you don't go, okay, well, I'm just going to do it the way my daddy did it and never change it, Sure, you know? But you actually come into it with some additional knowledge that you then sort of fold into it, you know, which mm -hmm. again can can be good, can be not so good. So he says, this is not to say that Wu style is not good for fighting and pushing hands. It most certainly is. However, all three Taiji Chen styles are good for fighting and pushing hands. Each style has its own particular strong points. It's a myth that any particular Taiji Chen style is superior for fighting. What's important is the personal Kung Fu of the individual practitioner. In fact, very few people fully develop the Kung Fu of any style of Taiji Chen. It's extremely difficult to do so, and only a small number of any generation have the natural talent and perseverance to reach this pinnacle. So, I mean, that makes a good point. Tai Chi is not the easiest martial art to learn. I think it's it may be the easiest one to get benefits from, but it's not the easiest one to get all the benefits from. As a matter of fact, it might be one of the hardest. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know about easier or harder. It's like, um, I think it depends on your constitution, you know, I mean, and and that can change over time. And um, I think it's why you see a lot of people um, who do all three of the internal martial arts tend to kind of go through phases. And, mm. you know, they might start with one and then get in you know get into another and then come back to it or yeah. you know because it's it it isn't it isn't a uh these are these things like you said it's dependent on the person right yeah. i mean and and your shingy or bagua might be better than your tai chi based on a bunch of different factors sure. and your tai chi might be better than your tight shingy or bagua based on a million different factors but the main thing what you're talking about in all those cases is just your you know as they would say your gong fu right and yeah like, like what is clear is leo hung jay had massive amounts of gong fu that he was able to apply to any of these arts and i think that's kind of like for me the real um you know, lesson in all that is trying to find a plate that that place where you're, um, you know, you're, you're you're tapping into the raw material and the the 
the different arts are just the container, you know, it's like oh. different, different shaped glasses. Yeah. For, and, for your and we're lucky in the internal schools to have access to Xingyi and Bagua as well. Like there's just these other opportunities to learn skills that are similar and weave together. And like, you know, I think the, the guys in that early 20th century who, who brought them together, I think it was smart. I mean, the downside is it's harder to learn three martial arts, but the upside is that you have all these other options and ways of, exploring a lot of the same concepts and you know we'll see how it works out in the long term but it's been working good for me yeah i mean you know again like i said before i think a big part of its appeal is its versatility right that that it can be Mm. all of these different things and and so true you know it's just so true all right so just just to finish this part of the article um is the section on push hands and fighting so talking about wu style Wu-style pushing hands has the quality of emptiness, like pushing on water or air. It uses more or less the same techniques as Yang-style push hands, but the Wu practitioner's hands remain soft and light, even under continuous contact. That is unlike the typical Yang-style pushing hands, where initial contact with the hands will be very soft, but underneath or under prolonged contact, the arms will be hard or heavy, and usually both. Um, That's interesting. So he's he's taking the standard of having your hands remain, you know, push on air, water or air, super pliable, super giving, super yin in the push hands training. That's my experience in our, you know, in the classes we we've done with him pushing hands. Like if you try to push on Kumar, his arms will give like an octopus. You're pushing into something just completely soft and squishy that unless he decides to be real heavy, this is that folding quality mm, that i was talking that, about that that you're able to um the the Gigi guanchuan the the string of pearls right the the it's not it doesn't actually say string of pearls it, it translates to like <laughs> run, runs through the body right that there's this internal connection a lot of times they talk about a golden thread right which i always think sounds real nice right that there's this thing that you're moving you know that from the moment you start your commencement and you start moving your arms there's this thread that you're following and you can kind of make that thread um very linear right that's the that's the more yang thing right you and and full so you're you're like very much put your hand on the thread, move your hand where the thread goes, right? The other way you can do it is you can feel where that thread is and you can kind of play with it like a, like a, um, uh, what is those things? Cat's cradle, right? Mm. You got the, the, the strings, strings, yeah. strings between your fingers and you can, you can move it around and you can make little adjustments with your fingers. And as long as you keep this, this, bare minimum you know connection between the two you got a lot more room to wiggle and play and fold and open and close and undulate and do all these internal movements now it's a little bit harder to do that because when you start wiggling and undulating and what you know moving your body you forget about the the threat right and that's Mm. when people that's when people go wet noodle right Mm -hmm. is they they get so into the soft gushy thing that they lose that thread integrity yeah they they lose the thread that links it all together so again i mean it's he's making it more of a yang and woo thing i think of it more of a 
structure and softness thing because that's just that is what the yang and the wu kind of tend to lean towards but you could do it in either one and there are examples. sure i mean sure it's also one martial arts so. this is 1987 when yeah you know i mean 99 percent of the people in the united states probably at that point had never heard of tai chi and the right, ones that had <laughs> and the ones that had had probably done chin man ching's form so he ends the article by saying this. Personally, I am no longer concerned with the distinctions between different Taiji Chen styles as regards push hands and fighting. In all three styles, if the practitioner has good personal gung fu, he will be able to evade your attack, throw you across the room, and break your bones with a minimum of physical motion. I have practiced all three styles of Taiji Chen and pushed hands with many top people in Taiwan, Hong Kong, and mainland China for over 10 years. I have found that each individual teacher will have some unique fighting and push hand skills. However, it is usually the level of attainment of the practitioner that makes the difference, rather than the style per se. Yeah, so there you have. I mean, it. Uh, you know, it, it's the car that matters, not the driver, right? I mean, it's the it's, <laughs> it's the driver that matters, not the car, right? So right to a certain extent, yeah. That that well, I mean, to a large extent, because you know, you right. can talk about inferior fighting methods, right? But like an most of them are pretty good, though. Yeah, and and like an experienced fighter in the lesser art is going to be right by the far. less experienced fighter in the better art. Absolutely. So the Tai Chi Chen treatise is uh, been our focus for a while now. So now we're at the end of it where Bai Hua is sort of just reiterating the key points that he thinks are the most valuable. Um, so starting from where we left off, if there is up, there will be down. If there is front, there will be back. And if there is left, there will be right. When you want to bring the opponent to the ground, then your external body actions are contrary to your ultimate goal. In other words, if you want to lift something up, then you should use a counterforce, push it down, make its root break and float, and then you can exert force at the fastest speed to set it off. So this is that idea of you want to lift something up, then first push it down, basically. That's that yin-yang. There's always the, you know, everything that you do as yang has to be supported by yin, that eternal tai chi. You never get a straight answer. Everything's got to have a a corresponding reverse to whatever yeah, you it's, do, basically. It's equal and opposite, right? Like equal that, and opposite. There you that go. Like it's it's the if uh what do you call it? A seesaw like thing, you know, where, there you where go. yeah. If I want you to go up, I gotta put pressure down, right? This is the pong and on energy. And again, like, you know, at first he was talking about uh the root is in the legs and the waist and use of the E, the mind. And now he's so that was he's just like going through these super core tai chi principles um that are so preliminary they're so essential to the practice again this is what you'd hear on the very first day of your tai chi training what baiwa says next is that it's better to distinguish between emptiness and solidity one place has its own emptiness and solidity and there is always emptiness and solidity everywhere make the coordinated body movement in the whole body without any interruption. Yeah. And again, so, referring to the term GG Guanchuan, right. coordinated body movement, the string of pearls or the string of coins, whatever you want to call that, joint coordination. Yeah. So this just, you know, we've said this a bunch already, but the the empty and full, right? Mm. That that in order to get this coordinated body movement, you have to be able to move between empty and full seamlessly right and so again it's just 
your individual parts, right, can be empty and full, right? So your arm can have a full part and an empty part. Hmm. And you also have to have the sense of your whole body can be empty and full in terms of weightedness. And there's a lot Hmm. of different aspects to it, but. Right. And basically the bottom line is you coordinate all the movement through your body connected without interruption from top to bottom. That's it. So again, another Tai Chi classic statement that you're going to hear from literally day one. Um, And so he finishes the entire thing here with a formulation of all the different pieces of Tai Chi. Um, So I guess why not just take a look at these here. Real quick. So he begins by saying long fist or Tai Chi. Its spirit is like a torrential river flowing continuously. And we talked about that extensively already. And I mean, again, it's self-evident the way that the way it's trained with that continuous uninterrupted flow. um, He calls it long fist in this Mm -hmm. case. That's an old name for Tai Chi. Yeah. Um, So that's the requirement. And then he lists the techniques. So he says the 13 postures are Pung. Lu, Ji, An, Tsai, Lei, Zhou, Kao. He said, uh, this is Bagua. He then continues by saying, Jin, advancing, Tui, retreating, Gu, shifting left, Pan, shifting right, and Zong Ding, central equilibrium. These are the five elements. So he ends by describing how the different techniques of Tai Chi go to the, the four cardinal directions and the four diagonals as well as moving in five different directions, corresponds to the five elements of the Wu Sheng, metal, wood, water, fire, and earth. So I think those are primarily ways to memorize the techniques and sort of put them into boxes so that you can easily, you can remember seven of them. You're like, I know there was one more because there's eight, you know, like it gives you a way to reference it. Well, and those are the building blocks for all the other movements. So it kind of gives you the, this is sort of like the ABCs of it. First you get the movements, then you get the hand motions, then you get the the moving Stepping. the body in in a whole you know in space. So like is, you put yeah, you sort of mix those together, and now you've got a million different options. You can do them, you know, the cardinal techniques to yeah. as you step to any of different directions. Yep, you've and achieved, uh, off you've you go immortality. So through all that, now finally you get to freely act and move using all these different shapes. Yep, and that is what Tai Chi is all about. Sure is. All right, man. Well, that was fun. Good talking to you. Made it. All right. All right. See you (laughs) next time. All right. Bye. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episodes. Uh, Again, just a reminder, check out the Patreon for the extended episodes as well as bonus content, interviews, and more. Uh, And again, we're also on uh, Facebook and Instagram and all that. Uh, Okay. Hope you have a good uh, holiday and take care of yourselves.